This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Skin Wade, and you're listening to The Step Back, a badass name podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Got Chris Stapps, coach at the Adam. I spaz like Dallas, set out on rapping. God, if Lucas shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax. Still at the champ, Diva still coming with the Calibus flow. The master. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Step back a Mavs podcast I'm your host Dalton Trigg I'm joined as always by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague Matt Glatson uh, we're here for a special 4th of July edition of the step back uh, happy 4th to everybody out there I hope you've all enjoyed your your cookouts and or whatever you've been doing today and uh, you know even even if you've been just glued to your phone waiting for a Danny Green announcement you know uh may, maybe you've had fun doing that i i don't know but matt how <laughs> how's your fourth been i hurt myself today <laughs> to see oh if God. i still feel okay all right you I, know what <laughs> that that ex- I, I, w- I wasn't expecting that 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 explains a lot <laughs> from you today <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh I'm not doing well, Dalton. I'm very frustrated. I'm very um I really don't even know how to describe my feelings right now to be honest with you. It's uh shock, horror, embarrassment, a lot of different things, so well uh, I mean, I know I know everybody on Twitter, Mavs Twitter has been keeping up with it, but if you haven't uh, you know, the, the Mavs, they've just been sitting here waiting for Danny Green to make his decision. They've prioritized Danny Green. Uh, he's essentially tied to Kawhi Leonard's hip. Uh, if Kawhi goes back to Toronto, our best guess is he will go back to Toronto and try to make a run at a repeat. Uh, if Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers... Uh, that takes away all of their remaining cap space, and you have to figure that Danny Green is not going to go sign with the Lakers for, you know, a veteran minimum contract. So, if he goes to the Lakers, that's probably the the Mavs' best chance of landing of landing Danny Green. But as of right now, we know that you know the Mavs they have the best offer on the table. Uh, yeah, that could change depending on what happens with Kawhi. You know, if he does decide to go back to Toronto and Danny Green still doesn't stay, you know, the Lakers could potentially offer the same amount or more than what Dallas is willing to offer. 
and you know he could choose to go play with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So there's a lot of different ways that can go. Um, but but Matt, I mean, everybody's just frustrated because, and we'll you know we'll get an explanation. Uh, I assume we'll get an explanation from you know either Mark Cuban or, or Donnie Nelson after this all settles down. Uh, but you know it just kind of it kind of felt like they were just caught off guard because before free agency even got started, and I I think I told you about this too, but uh, Brad Townsend he had tweeted out before you know the buzzer rang and free agency was underway that he had heard from a from an NBA general manager that you know things were going to move slowly you know the market was going to move slowly you know waiting for the bigger guys to to make their decisions well i mean i i'm assuming that that's donnie i mean it has i mean i'm just speculating i'm not saying that for sure but i'm i'm going to assume that that was their thinking on this and uh, i mean it makes sense if it was because you know they thought the market was going to move slow it didn't, you know, there were probably 50 names come off the free agency board the first day, you know, or the first night because it started at, uh, 5 PM last Sunday. So there were a lot of people go off the board. Uh, it just, as far as second tier free agents, it seems like Danny green was one of their most highly prioritized, I just don't know. I don't know if it's them not doing their homework or it's just really bad luck that Green is so tied to Kawhi's hip. I don't know. I'll get your thoughts on it, but to me, I, I just I kind of think it's bad luck. Because I mean, what are that? What could they do? Could they could they even throw twenty million dollars a year at Green right now and get a decision? I mean, look. I think it's a I think it's a case of them being unprepared. Um, I think it's a case of them being hoodwinked a little bit. I think it's a case of them being um, overconfident in what they could offer in terms of not necessarily money, but in terms of what people thought of what you know stage of their rebuild they were in. It's just a whole combination of different things. And I, I don't. Going back to what you said earlier, I don't expect to get a, a, a real explanation for any of this. I expect to get a, a, a PC explanation about you know um, making Lip, it look like lipstick on of, a pig. Exactly, you know, making themselves out to be the victim of some terrible bad luck or some something like that. Um, it's what we get every time something like this happens. And look, I don't know what their what their plan was. How highly you know prioritize certain free agents were over others um i've heard stories that you know you've heard as well that i i don't necessarily believe that you might i've heard you know i've heard a whole bunch of different things my my what bothers me the most is that there was essentially what brad said about you know it was going to move slowly and it sounds like that was Donnie based off what happened because they just got completely caught with their pants down. People were flying off the board, um, you know, and they were sitting out at dinner with Chris Stapps Porzingis while all these, which is fine. It's fine, by the way, let me make something clear. It's fine to get 
your guys symbolically agree to first so they feel special and they feel like they matter which is important you want your guys to be to make you know to make it feel like you know they're your guys but on the first day of free agency when you're in the middle of a rebuild you don't go out to dinner while everybody else is signing free agents you don't it's ridiculous and that's allegedly what happened so this is I mean, this this might be a dumb statement to make but could you imagine if they didn't get the memo like or they got a email and overlooked it or something about when free agency was supposed to start this year you know instead of instead of uh you know 5 p.m. or whatever they're still thinking it's closer to midnight you know going out to uh dinner with uh Christops Porzingis I mean what how bad would that be that would explain a lot. Um, I don't think I don't think that's the case, but I'm <laughs> no, just I I'm just e- I don't either. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying like I I don't know what went wrong. You know I don't think we'll ever find out exactly what went wrong. Um, well, but they I, didn't prioritize things correctly, in my opinion. Right. Um, it's it's you know it sounds to me like they got the rug ripped out from them on one particular guy here or there. And then they have themselves stuck waiting in this Danny Green situation, which is, quite frankly, one of the most absurd situations I've ever seen in NBA free agency. It's it you know, it's one thing to wait for your friend or your buddy to sign somewhere, and you know, because you're gonna ride his coattails and and go wherever he goes. But the way this and we're going to get more into this later, I'm sure. But like the way this whole podcast guy thing is going with his high school friend, yes, feeding out all this ridiculous information that I don't buy any of. Yeah, we're going to talk and, and about the, that. And in the way that you know, he's he's not he's sitting around around waiting for Kawhi because I I I, I don't I, I still don't get it. Like, be a man and make your own decision and be where you want to be. I mean, we don't we really don't even know if the Mavericks are the best offer. We don't know that. We assume that based off this idiot podcast guy, but we don't know that for sure. It sounds to me like he is afraid to make his own choice because if he goes to, if Kawhi stays in Toronto, he just wants to go back to Toronto where he's safe and they're probably going to win another championship next year. If Kawhi goes to the Lakers, then he's like, well, you know, he, he he. It just sounds like he has no decision making process of his own. It's like a it's like a college commitment ceremony. I made this comparison earlier on Twitter. It's like he's going to sit on Instagram Live at a table with three hats that say, you know, a Mavericks hat, a Lakers hat, and a, and a Raptors hat, and just put one on, and everybody's going to celebrate, and that's how he's going to make his announcement. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, it it's it's really it's just a tough situation for the Mavs to be in because. The top two free agents left on the board right now, I think we're on day, let's see, it's the fourth and it started on the third. So this is technically day five of free agency. And the best two players available are Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. And there's a pretty significant drop-off from Kawhi Leonard to Danny Green. So, And then after Danny Green, you know, you have Marcus Morris and... uh, yeah, I I really don't know who else. <laughs> Without looking at the list, I mean it, it's so dwindled. Delon, right? 
Yeah, Delon Wright. We know, uh, you know, that's another thing that that Brad Townsend reported uh, a couple hours ago that the Mavs are considering uh, presenting him with an offer sheet. Which, I mean, in your opinion, do you think that could be a way of like trying to nudge Danny Green to make a decision? No, I I mean, I I I saw um, was it Blake Ware on Twitter said that. And I, can, I, I get the I, weird. I get the idea of that, but I mean, what's that gonna what's that gonna do to to Danny Green? It's it's hey, you know, we're if you don't sign with us, we're gonna offer this other backup guy, you know, well, way 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 less money, and he doesn't even play the same position as you. But it's fine, you know. Just you need to hurry up because we're gonna offer this guy that has nothing to do with you. Well, my my thinking on the situation is. I don't think you want to compl- I don't think you want to pull the offer from the table. I mean, you since he's the second best free agent left on the board, yeah, they have no choice. It's unfortunate how they got to this point, but they really don't have any choice at this point. They have to, you know, wait it out as grueling as it is. They have to wait it out and see what he chooses to do. But, you know, if if the Mavs were to pull his offer, and say it's just a bidding war between the the Raptors and the Lakers. Well, I mean, the Raptors are probably not going to pay him near as much as the Lakers, but the Lakers are probably going to get him for a probably a bargain deal if the Mavs aren't bidding against them. Is my thinking on it. So I'm just wondering if there's any way whether it's you know maybe he maybe Mark Cuban needs to up the offer a little bit. You know, make his make his decision that much harder. You know, put, press him to where he can't wait for Kawhi Leonard anymore. It's like, okay, there's a ton of money here. Uh, these guys really want me. I'm not their second choice. You know, between all these other teams chasing me right now, I'm their top priority. I'm having to wait to see if these people are prioritizing me or not. Uh, you know... <laughs> do something to make his decision even that much tougher. Because I don't know, if Kawhi drags this out a couple more days, I don't know if Green's going to wait on him. But He shouldn't be waiting for him in the first place. Well, it, it, I... It's, it's absurd. But what's also kind of absurd and really frustrating is that... <laughs> like, Danny, let's... I mean, we agree on this. Danny Green is a, is a C, C-plus free agent signing just on paper by himself right yeah yet we're all waiting on pins and needles because the the addition of danny green to seth curry and you know um everything else they've done this summer with retaining you know uh dorian and dwight and chris Stapps and maxi it makes for a pretty compelling starting lineup a really good shooting starting lineup so adding him to the lineup could be the difference between 10 or 12 wins yet at the same time it's he's he's a c a c level free agent it, it's gonna make or break the whole summer for danny green i don't and think that's just it's for me it is unless they go out and make a trade if they if they go in and he's off the table and they sign delon Wright. i'm giving then, i'm giving danny green a b or a b minus for a free agent because if he wasn't if he wasn't 
waiting on Kawhi Leonard, he wouldn't be on the board right now. He would have been one of those guys that signed with somebody on day one. It's not like he's left over uh, because he's not good. That's not that's not the case. He's just left over because he's waiting on this other guy, you know, before he makes his decision. And I understand, I understand, you know, his preferences there because if Kawhi stays in Toronto. You know, you just went through something with your with your teammates. You won a championship. Why wouldn't he want to go back and try to defend his title? So, I get that. The Lakers thing, I mean, it wouldn't be my preference, obviously. I'm biased, but, you know, I kind of get that, too. He fits more in line with LeBron and Anthony Davis's timeline than, than he does the Mavs. And, uh, but, I mean... He would he would be a really good fit in Dallas, and he'd get a lot of open looks with Luca. Uh, like I said, I, I consider him like a if I had to give him a grade, he'd be a B for you know on the free agency list because he shot forty five percent from three last season. He's a good defender. Uh, he was inconsistent a lot last year, but I mean he's still really good. Uh, I'd be. I'd be fine with the Mavs giving him anything, you know, up to anywhere between 15 to $17 million a year if it's on a short deal at this point. So, well, that's, that's where I'm at. I don't blame him for wanting to, you know, see all of his options to the fullest. But at some point, I mean, it's got to be embarrassing for the Mavs because you're, you're just throwing yourself at this guy and you've been patient. And, you know, at some point, at what point does it become bad business? At what point does Mark Cuban say, okay, dude, you know, we're, <laughs> we really want you here, but we're starting to get the feeling, or we, we feel like that feeling isn't mutual. So at what, when do we get to that point? I think it should have already happened. I think they should have already turned the page and they should have, they should have by now tried to make another trade, whether it's for Andre Iguodala or... I can't even mention the other guy's name right now. Yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt might start crying if we talk about Drogic a little bit. Drogic, yeah, um, sorry. It's Drogic, but um, yes. Is it Drogic? It's Drogic. As long as we've been doing this, you'd think I'd remember that by now. No, I'll apologize fine. to all I, of I our... I still mess it up in my head sometimes. <laughs> I apologize but... to all of our European listeners out there. I, I screw that up a lot. Anyway, it's they should have turned the page by now because at, at this point they're just starting to look like pushovers. Like they're they're just like the fans. It seems like they're basing their entire summer off of what Danny Green decides, which on paper is ridiculous. And you know, I get he was sort of inconsistent in the playoffs, but the guy shot forty almost forty six percent from three for the year, so. On paper, he's an excellent fit. He's a good defender. It's just you can't keep. What's the what's the analogy I'm looking for here? It doesn't matter. You can't just keep your. <laughs> you, you can't just you can't just you know, um, hamstring yourself to Danny Green, and call it a summer like. How long are they going to let this go on? They they can't keep well, they can't keep doing this. And that's the thing. It, like I said earlier, I don't know if they just didn't 
didn't contact Danny Green beforehand to to see what his intentions were before they decided to you know prioritize him the way they have, which is or, a huge red flag. I know, I know the the whole the whole process is the problem because you know it, we we've talked so much about Kimball Walker in the past and you know a guy close to the situation I've talked to has told me that you know that was pretty much a done deal for the Mavs until Al Horford opted out which I know you're you're kind of skeptical of that but I believe that I believe that we were set to get Kimball Walker this summer until Al Horford got this you know uh, this huge guaranteed offer which turned out to be the the 76ers and you know that 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 ended that for the Mavs past Kimball Walker though I don't know that they had thought too much about what order they wanted to go in because after the Walker stuff ended we spent a ton of time talking about writing about at dallasbasketball.com about Patrick Beverly and the fan base was infatuated with Patrick Beverly. He became like a cult hero, and he wasn't even here yet. <laughs> and as it turns out, they didn't even highly prioritize him. So, Which is, again, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> you know, as much as we talked about him being a perfect fit, and uh, I think it was Tim McMahon that reported that uh, there was mutual interest there and that Billy Duffy... Uh, thought he'd be a perfect fit alongside Luca, and you know, there was all that talk going on. Well, for all that, they obviously didn't view him as as much of a fit as what was being portrayed or what what we were talking about. And I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it, Matt. It it's mind boggling to me that they wouldn't want a guy like that, given where they are as far as total talent goes on their roster. I want to touch on the Kimba thing real quick. Um, I, how do I put this? I know, I okay, I believe that the person that told us about that was told that. Like, I, I believe that he that he was told that. What I don't believe is that he was told the truth. Where else was he going, Matt? I don't know. I don't know, Dalton, but I don't believe that he was told the truth. I think that who I think that whoever told him that was trying to save face. Well, because there, he wasn't no, going back to get, Charlotte. Get, we know that. Given the, okay, but given the relationship with the agent that was supposedly ironclad for Al Horford simply opting out to change an art an already handshook supposedly agreement is very hard for me to believe. Well, but again, it as much as we as much as we want to push the the agent narrative, which I believe in, I, I think they absolutely have some influence to a certain point, yes. to a certain degree. We, throughout that entire process, we never heard from Kimba himself what team he preferred. But after the fact, after the fact, when he did choose Boston, uh, he mentioned that it gave him a better 
shot of making the playoffs. And another reason that it's hard for me to believe is because the Mavericks never even got a, an official meeting. So you didn't even get a chance to be like, well, hey, I, I get you're starting to change your mind a little bit, but let me tell you why you should stick to your commitment. Well, or supposed commitment. I, I think they knew about this before we got to that point. Like, I, I think as soon as we found out that Al Horford was opting out, it was like less than 24 hours later when Mark Stein reported that uh, the Celtics had become a stealth suitor for uh, uh, for Kimba Walker, and then it just really snowballed right. from there. But, and, you know, at that point, I think the Mavs had probably had probably talked to Swartz at some point and got a feel for it. And as much as he may, as much as Swartz might have wanted to steer him in a certain direction, if Kimball wanted to stay on the East Coast and in the Eastern Conference and, you know, still be the guy in an offensive system, that's totally his his decision and I mean I, I understand that too but my my point was as far as the the playoff thing goes that's not the same team that that it's been the last couple of years you lost Al Horford you lost Kyrie Irving which some people view that as a uh, addition by subtraction you lost uh, Marcus Morris Aaron Baines and who else did they lose? Oh, Terry Rozier. So you lost two starters and you lost three key contributors on the bench. All for Kimba. So that's five five players for one. I don't think that's going to be the same team that has been the last few years. Like they, they might struggle to even, you know, get in that six, seven, eight spot I, in the East. So I, I don't agree. I think they're going to be just fine. You think they're going to be just as um, it, good? I didn't say just as good. I said just fine. They still have Gordon Hayward. Eh. They still have Marcus Smart. They still have Jason Tatum. Eh. They still have Jalen Brown. I mean, if they could find just like some sort of just some player who can kind of do some of the things that Al Horford did, I think Kimba's going to be, like you said with Kyrie, addition by subtraction. I don't think he's a better player than Kyrie, but I think that he's going to mesh in better with that environment. You know, and they're, they're, they were a really deep team. I think Terry Rozier is trash. Um, Marcus Morris, okay, you know, he's fine, but, like, how much is that really going to impact things? Aaron Baines, whatever. You can, you can, you can find another backup big. I, I just I, – I think when it came down to it, you know, he's an East Coast guy. Maybe he likes the idea of playing for a franchise like Boston. But it, at the same time, it going back to what you said a couple minutes ago, if they did know about it ahead of the deadline, then the fact that they didn't prioritize other players like Malcolm Brogdon and Bojan Bogdanovic and Patrick Beverly. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, and you know who you know who, the the formula they should have followed is the Utah Jazz formula because the Utah Jazz, in what seemed like 
it seemed like 24 hours. It was, I think it was a little bit longer. But they, they went from a middling Western Conference team to they're going to be one of the favorites in the West next year. And they, you know, they, yeah. they look awesome on paper. And the Mavericks should have followed that formula, but they didn't do it. And now they're going to regret it because all they have left is Scraps and Danny Green. Yeah. Well, I, I want to touch on that point uh, about the prioritizing deal. I have another, I have another theory that I want to throw out there, and then we'll talk about you know uh, a couple of other signings the Mavs have made that that weren't their own guys. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back in just a little bit. Hang with us. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, we've been discussing the the Dallas Mavericks free agency period, uh, and you know we've we've been questioning how they've prioritized things, and it's just for for a summer that had so many so many positive outcomes. Like if you if you put it out on paper and you looked at what was there and you looked at the money uh, that was out there with some of these teams, you figured okay. something good is going to happen for the Mavs. And they just, I don't know, they just didn't prioritize some of the guys that we thought they should. And uh, they they kept their their own players for the most part. You know, signed Porzingis to a five-year max deal. Matt, I'd forgotten what it was like to have a player locked up uh, on a long-term contract. I mean, it, it feels, it feels (laughs) out of all the, the bad stuff that's gone on these last few days, that's, that's a pretty good feeling to have him, you know, for the, for the next five seasons. And Luca, you figure he's going to be around for at least six, seven more years. Um, and then they, they re-signed, uh, Maxi Kleba. They gave Powell a, a three year, extension on top of his uh, expiring uh, one year on his uh, contract he has now so he's here for four years uh, excellent deals on both of those guys by the way excellent yeah excellent, yeah excellent very deals. very good very valuable deals uh then dorian finney smith I, I believe that was what four years 12 million dollars uh yeah so that was another value signing I mean, they they did a good job with the in-house contracts. And even if they don't keep all those guys, well, they're obviously going to keep Porzingis if everything goes according to plan. But the other guys, if if there was to be a, a big trade opportunity come up in the near future, those are very movable deals. And, I'm, I'm, and they're valuable deals. And I think other teams will see that too. So that was good. Um, and then... As far as players that weren't Mavericks already, uh, Seth Curry, they signed him. That's another value deal, in my opinion. It's four years, $32 million. Uh, Excellent shooter. Excellent shooter, just like we talked about with Danny Green earlier. He shot 45% from three last year. Uh, he's, he's really good with second the ball. Second in the NBA. Sorry, second in the NBA yes. ahead of his big brother. Yes, uh, he's ahead of, of Steph in three-point percentage. Uh, he's good with the ball in his hand. He's good running the pick and roll. So uh, I think that's a really, really good signing for the Mavs. I was actually surprised that they got him back because Matt, as as you know, we had we had heard that he left for personal reasons. Uh, 
two years ago and apparently those got resolved and you know he's back so that's great yeah. i think he'll I was shocked <laughs> yeah i think he'll work a lot better alongside luca than he did with uh dennis smith jr so that'll be i mean i think that's going to be nice and then this one isn't as as big as the curry signing well i take it back physically yes it is a lot bigger than the curry signing but uh, we got Boban. <laughs> we got the seven yes. seven foot three Boban. I don't even know how to say his last name. Marjanovic. Marjanovic. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm like okay. I've been kind of making fun of it a little bit. Um, Man, I cannot because wait. Because I'm frustrated. I'll, you you can go on with your point here in a second, but I just I just want to throw this out there. I cannot wait for media day this year. That is going to be some of the funniest pictures. With Boban and JJ Barea, <laughs> I, I know I'm I'm really looking forward to that. But it, I've been kind of poking fun at it today on Twitter because it's like, okay, congratulations, we've signed Seth Curry, which is a very good value <laughs> signing, and a guy who plays 11 minutes a game and in, in 40 minutes or 40 games a year. So it's like, okay, you know, big big deal. But he, dude, I'm telling you, this is pretty. I think it's if you're a basketball guy. Or or girl, you're pretty familiar with this by now. He, his per hundred possession numbers are absolutely astronomical. Oh it yeah, is, it is hysterical how good they are. <laughs> yeah. So like, he doesn't play a lot, but he's effective, man. He he can yeah. he can play ball. Yeah, he he would have qualified for top fifteen in per. Or had he qualified, he would have been top fifteen in per when he was in. Uh, I believe it was Philly. He was. Let me look it up real quick, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was when he was in Philly, he uh, aver- per 100 possessions, he averaged 30 points and like 19 rebounds, and his offensive rating was like 125, which is <laughs> one of the best in the NBA. I mean, it, it's he's one of the he's he's basically a walking meme. Yeah, but, I yeah, mean, it, look, you know, okay, it was in it was with the Clippers that he averaged 30 and 19. It okay. was uh. In it or thirty and seven? No, wait, hold on. Yeah, thirty and uh, nineteen, and then again in Philly he was uh, twenty eight and eighteen. Sorry. So, I mean, he's a walking meme, but it's 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 going to well, be a lot of fun. At least. And look, he's not. That's not a. That's not a huge signing as far as like getting the fans excited. Which I mean, I don't know. There were a bu- I saw a bunch of people that were really excited just because he's he seems like a really nice, funny dude. Uh, so just from that standpoint, I saw a lot of people excited. But uh, like you said, he doesn't play a lot, but he's really effective when he does go in there. He's just a he's a brute. So you know, if you have a tough can- defense. Defensive he can assignment. Dunk without jumping. <laughs> he can dunk without jumping. He can block shots. He can rebound. Uh, so, knowing how Rick Carlisle likes to do that center by committee thing that he does, I, I think he's going to fit in really well. And I, I'll say this: he is Boban is a lot better than Sala Medri. I'm going to say yes. that. So. Yes. It's a and minor it's a minor minor upgrade but it's an upgrade none the, nonetheless. I think it's more than minor, but I mean he's going to he's effectively going to take Salah's place on the roster. Right. 
so I don't know how Luca feels about that, but at a certain point, like, you know, you got to grow up and make new friends. Yeah. Well, he's got Chris Stops now, so that that yeah. that shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> well, yes. Anyway, both of those signings are fine. Um, it's just, man, at, at a certain point, you have to you, you have to stop playing it safe. And you know, we get when we're going to get back into prioritizing these guys. You, you you really have to think to yourself: Had they known about the Kimba stuff ahead of time, which I think it's reasonable to assume that they did, they still weren't prepared for it, and they should have been prepared for it, and they should have put an offer sheet in on Malcolm Brogdon. I was, and this this is another thing too. I, I I'm I don't even know how I should word this, so I'm not going to say too much about it, but. They were never interested in interested in Brogdon, not not to the point to where, you know, like Fish said, they were just waiting and seeing. I think that that was them saying they're waiting to see if he like, you know, falls through the cracks, so to speak, uh, and that's mainly because of his his medical. Uh, you know, I I've heard that that he the the medical stuff is what has has scared people off, so. Yeah, his foot is made of 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 chalk basically. But at yeah. the same time, you know, you you had to do something. You had to try you had to take risks at this free agency period if you wanted to get where you where where they think they're supposed to be. And they didn't take any risks whatsoever. Well, and I've said this before too. Before we even got started in this free agency period, this is another one of my theories that I was talking about before we took the break. But before that we even got started here, I said that if the Mavs didn't land a big fish, uh, you know, one of the Plan K guys that we've talked about so much at DallasBasketball.com, that I thought they would focus... Rest in peace, by the way. Yeah, RIP to that. And RIP to my plan B. That <laughs> that died quickly. <laughs> but if, if they didn't get a big fish this year, I always thought they were going to try and be more uh, conservative. So I didn't think they'd want to sign people to four-year deals which we saw a lot of we saw it with uh boyan bogdanovich we saw it with um no julius randall he got a he got like a three-year 60 million dollar deal in new york see like stuff like that i just i couldn't see the mavs doing that this summer not for not for players like that and they're good and, you know, good for them for getting their money and everything, but I always kind of figured that if they didn't get a big guy, uh, a big fish this year, that they were going to try and go with cheaper, shorter deals. And That's, that's fine, but they haven't even done that. I, well, Which is frustrating. They have with Seth Curry. That was a value deal. Uh, he's Like you said, he's the, the second. It's a four-year deal. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a it's not a back breaking deal. It's not paying, what is that like eight million dollars a year? Yeah, it's eight million dollars a year. Yeah, I, guess, I mean depending that's depending on how they structure it. But yeah, yes. I mean that's doable. If they if they get to a point where they need to shed that, that's not going to be hard. 
You know how hard it's going to be for New York if they have to trade Julius Randle making $20 million a year for the next three years? About as hard as it's going to be for the Mavericks to trade Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, right. <laughs> Maybe not that hard, but, I mean, it's going to be pretty hard for them to do it. So, I mean, that's what I'm, it's a value deal, and that's what they're looking for. And I think Danny Green, like, like we talked about, I think they have the best offer put forward right now but we don't know how much it is, right? You know, for for all we know, I think Tim McMahon pointed out that a uh, deal for Danny Green was somewhere in the three-year, $36 million range. So since that since that number was thrown out there, I mean, do we do we assume that that's the offer that's on the table from the Mavs? I would up it, I would up it to three years and 45, and if he doesn't take that, I would tell him to take a hike. Well, see, and that's what I'm. That's why I'm wondering just how much they're offering because I don't know if the Mavs would want to go three years, forty-five million right now. In the back of my mind, I just have this feeling that they're eyeing free agency in 2021. And Which, I know that, if that's the case, that is absolutely ridiculous. Well, I know. I was going to say there's probably a collective groan. Uh, you know, <laughs> out there with a bunch of y'all listening, and I know you probably are too, Matt. But that's just that's just what I'm thinking. I I think they're looking forward and they're saying, okay, the the Bucks they're already capped out. They just gave Chris Middleton a humong I think it was 178 million over five years uh, contract. If they can't get over the hump in these next two years, and Giannis decides to weigh his options. Luca and Porzingis, they will have played two seasons together. Uh, they'll be established, and hopefully they will have had at least two uh, playoff appearances by then. So I'm wondering if they're trying to position themselves to make a play that summer. Because if you sign a bunch of four-year deals and you're really loose with the money and it's, it's not value signings. It's going to be hard contracts to move. You kind of take yourself out of that possibility going forward. So I understand okay. I understand that, but like you said, uh, you'd like them to at least sign one, at least one impact guy. Somebody that could be your, your third best player uh, with Luka and Kristaps and Porzingis next season. Uh, even if you do have to overpay a little bit. That doesn't mean you have to do it for everybody, but just one okay. guy. Okay. The reason I hate that idea is because, one, you're mortgaging your entire future on what Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to do in two years. Right. Which is, which is not a good way to go about things. Number two, as we've learned, I think, in the last couple of days, you may disagree but I, I've seen people say this on Twitter, and it, it, I have come to agree with it very strongly. Cap space is the most overrated asset in the NBA. No, no, that the the, the talk on Twitter you're talking about that's probably that probably came from me. I was I was saying yesterday that uh, I mean we just saw it here recently with the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler. Miami was capped out. Jimmy Butler decided, hey, I want to go to Miami, and I want y'all to give me a max contract. Next thing, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, next thing you know, there's a sign and trade, and you know they've made why, it happened. 
That's why when you say, you know, be conservative with the money and don't play fast with the money, it's like, okay, well, at a certain point, you're going to have to spend the money anyway. So you might as well do something with it. And if, if Giannis still wants to come in 2021, then he's still going to come. You just have to move pieces and you can make it happen. Everybody can make it happen. If Miami can make it happen with them being pick-starved and having a bunch of trash on their roster that couldn't make the playoffs in the East or could barely make the playoffs. I don't even remember if they made it. They were so bad. No, I don't they think didn't they did. It. Uh, yeah, it was Orlando that, that made it. So they can't even make the playoffs in the East, yet they can still somehow ship off pieces here and there and, and three-way trades and, and get Jimmy Butler. I mean, and by the way... It was Detroit that made it, by the way. I just looked that up. That's pretty bad. Well, Orlando made the playoffs, too. But, by the way... It's not just the free agency stuff that has me all pissed off. It's the way they completely bumbled that trade. And it's not just because it was for my unicorn and, 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 and Dragic. I wouldn't call him a unicorn, Matt, but I guess no, for my you unicorn, he is. My unicorn. <laughs> it's not just because it was for him, which, I mean, Dalton, when I saw that, first come through on Twitter, I almost had a heart attack out of happiness. I was so I was so I believe excited. You. I thought I thought I had spoken it into existence. You guys should got, see you guys should just got see ripped our ripped away from me. Uh, all of you listening should see Matt and me and Matt's uh text exchange when we thought that trade went through. He was he was losing. I, I should screenshot that and post it. And then you it. should see what I said afterwards. <laughs> he, he went from elated to complete depression in a, in a matter of like two minutes. It was, it was something. I was, I was the Ralph Wiggum heartbreak gif. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was ridiculous, but the fact that you thought you were trading for that, for these two guys and Miami thought you were trading for somebody else. And there's a miscommunication on who the trade is supposed to be for is one ridiculous part of it. That is absolutely ridiculously embarrassing. I, I mean, that, that yeah. happens. That shouldn't happen to a team with Donnie Nelson as the GM. That happens to teams like the Wizards who don't have a fucking GM. Like, yeah. that is so embarrassing. Well, they said, and I, there was some speculation that said, well, I, they backed out of the trade because they, they, something else came up. And, and I don't believe that because nothing happened. Well, that's what I was going to say. Nothing has happened, so obviously that wasn't the case. I think it was just a misunderstanding about who they were getting. And, you know, do we even really know for sure? I mean, People have, have speculated on it, but do we know for sure if they wanted uh, Drogic or... Uh, Olenek no, so, and Derek Jones Jr. Do we do so, we know who they actually wanted? Because it sounded like the they report, wanted Olenek. The report was that Miami thought they were shipping Dragic, and Dallas thought they were getting Olenek and um, <laughs> Derek Jones Jr. Which also, why in the hell would you want to do that? Why would you Why would you take on a three year oh, Olenek man. deal? When you when you can take on a one year Dragic deal that if it doesn't work out you say all right so, you know sorry it didn't work we have nineteen million dollars in overrated cap space left but then like the other report comes out that well uh, Miami didn't want to part with Derek Jones Jr. Like, get the hell out of here are you kidding me Derek Jones Jr. the guy that can't do anything but dunk yeah and you don't want to part with him 
to help you help yourself land Jimmy Butler. I don't believe any of that. Yeah. I be, what I believe is that there was a miscommunication on who was getting who, and then they realized, oh wait, we just agreed to get Olenek and Derek Jones Jr. What the hell are we doing? And then they backed out of it, and now they look like idiots, and they're just going to have to face it. Well, it's just another it's just another thing that they did wrong. And this all what's so frustrating is that this all happened within like a few hours. Well, sticking, I'm going to move away from from the Miami thing, but I'm going to I'm going to still talk about uh, trades. But even look at what uh, the Golden State Warriors had to do to make room to sign D'Angelo Russell to his max deal. There, you know, they had to shed Andre Iguodala. And they shipped him to the Memphis Grizzlies and gave the Grizzlies a first-round pick to take Iguodala. And then now it's being talked about that, you know, there might be a buyout or the the Grizzlies might be trading Iguodala and the Mavs are interested in Iguodala. Why didn't the Mavs take Iguodala and the pick from the Warriors? What, exactly. What is the what is the line of thinking there? Do, do they want? Do they not want him for the price that he was at, and they're hoping he gets bought out and he chooses Dallas? Because if that's the case, he's probably choosing Houston. And you don't want the the. I know it's the Warriors, and a first round pick with the Warriors is basically an early second round pick, but that's still an asset. Yeah. Why would you not just be like, oh hey, yeah, we'll we'll do that. And we yeah, don't we'll, know we'll, we don't know what the Warriors are going to be like that year. Uh, so I mean, and then if you want to buy them out, you can buy them out. Like if you just even if you want to just do it for the pick, but now it's now they're talking about how you know they might. We're, we're hearing reports that they might you know trade for Iguodala, and like they're now they're going to have to give up some sort of asset yeah. of some kind to land him. It's just so you're dumb. going from potentially getting a first round pick to take on a guy who can help you a lot to getting rid of an asset to get a guy who, you know, you could have had earlier. I mean, that's I mean, the Knicks have had a, a more sensical offseason than the Mavericks have. I still I still don't like their offseason, and I still think they got completely pantsed on the Porzingis deal, considering what they did this summer to where their expectations were. But I do agree that they've done more than the Mavs, and that's not I mean that's really not saying much because, like I said, I don't really like the collection of talent that they got. Well, uh, I don't either for the but money that saying, they paid them. But you know what I what I'm saying is is they were smart in this in this sense. They realized they didn't have a chance at Kevin Durant that he was going to Brooklyn, so they they were just like, all right, you know, screw it, we're just gonna go, we're gonna go scoop up everybody else that we can, and we're we're gonna try and put together a a competitive roster, and they they got some decent players. I mean, they got Julius Randle, and you know, they got a bunch of power forwards, which I don't know how. Taj that's work Gibson. Out. Um, you know, and they they found out that. Um, when I first saw this, I was just like, "Oh my god, they're so stupid!" But looking back on it, it's they they got uh, they got wind that they weren't gonna, you know, be top of the line list for Kawhi, so they canceled the meeting. It's like, look, if you don't want to be here and we're your fifth choice, then we're not mm-hmm. gonna waste our time with it. We're gonna we're gonna look other another direction because you know we 
we're trying to get better as soon as we can and just, you know, develop the young guys that we have and put them with professional, you know, real professional good players and see what we can make out of it. And that's better than, you know, sitting on your hands and doing nothing for the first six days of free agency. Which yeah. is what they're going to end up doing because Kawhi's not going to sign and you know make a decision until after July six. I'm telling you, like I I just I can feel it. And then as soon as we hang up, it's going to be like Kawhi Leonard decides to, you know, <laughs> go to Europe. <laughs> he's going to get. He's decided to just quit the NBA altogether. He's he, he's going to go play. He's going to go play soccer in China. <laughs> but, but I mean, look, we've. We're obviously either one of us, and there's a lot of you guys listening that are very disappointed with how this offseason has gone, and it's understandable. But, like I said, it could be worse uh, as far as as far as far maybe not signing your in-house guys and not getting a Curry or, uh, or a Boban. <laughs> you know, you could just get nothing, and I guess it could be worse. So, but it is pretty bad, and we—I don't know. I as as much as I as much as I love the Mavs, as lo, as much as I really respect uh, the front office and everything, there there was just something went wrong here, and we don't know exactly what it was. We assume it was the, the you know the way they decided to prioritize players after they found out that Kimba was off the board, but I don't know. I don't know, Matt. I, I know there's still ways that they could salvage this offseason, but it's just it looks pretty bleak right now. They haven't done anything and obviously that's because they're waiting on Danny Green and Can we talk about the podcast guy for a little bit? Yeah, let let's do that. Before we actually talk about uh about Danny Green's podcast co-host which is uh harrison and i forget his last name what's his last name it it doesn't matter it doesn't matter okay (laughs) but before we'll talk about that a little bit danny green and his co-host they they have this podcast called the green line and they they released an episode today and we thought well maybe he's making a decision before Kawhi does well that that wasn't the case so they basically hyped everybody up and it was just more it was more of nothing, but here's what Danny Green had to say uh, on his podcast today, as it as it related to the Mavs. So he says the LA teams are in contention; they're the ones that reached out and uh, shown the most interest. And Dallas, he said, I've known Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle for some time. They have really, really good interest in me, and they're showing it. And they're coming in pretty strong. LA's coming in, coming on pretty strong, but LA's waiting on Kawhi, and Toronto is waiting on Kawhi. <clears throat> and then he goes on to say, the Mavs have a good team and a good foundation. I can be another good piece to that po- puzzle. Hopefully, they have a healthy KP, and Luca is an upcoming star, and other good pieces surrounding it. If I was there, I think we could turn it around and make it a playoff team. So he ha- Danny Green has a lot of he's saying all the right things when it comes to the Mavs but you know if if he really thought it was that good of a situation and they're giving him a bunch of money and 
He's their first priority right now. Why hasn't he signed with them? Because, um, I mean, do you want you want my opinion on that? Is that- yeah, yeah. Just go <laughs> ahead and give go ahead and give your opinion, and you can go ahead and talk about what you were wanting to talk about in regards to okay. his co-host. Okay, uh, because I think his co-host is full of shit. <laughs> I think this whole thing is well. I mean, if if you think about it, there isn't another free agent in the last however many years you want to go back that is letting one of their high school friends who's not their agent who's not their manager go out there and and just put all of his priorities and everything that he's thinking out on out on the out on the internet and out on social media that doesn't happen these things happen behind closed doors that's why what Woj does is so absolutely insane is because nobody knows these things except the people having the meetings because you don't want something leaked that maybe, Oh, you know, um, if you, so, so say you're the Mavericks, you don't want Toronto to know what your offer is. You, you know, it, you don't want all these things of your negotiating tactics and your, what you're telling Danny out on social media for everybody to see you want you want that stuff to be private and the fact that he's just out there spewing all of this makes me not believe any of it yeah it there's 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 absolutely no sense to it except this one thing and that's he's trying to grow his own brand and increase his, his following and he's doing this to all four fan bases that oh are yeah, chasing he, Danny Green. Yeah, that the the Harrison guy. He uh, you know, and he went on the the Ben and Skin show uh, a couple days ago and uh, said said a lot of basically what Danny Green said on his podcast today. So it wasn't anything you know new, but he did say a lot of nice things about Dallas and this and that. So uh, he went on there. So more people found out about him through that. I've been looking at it, Matt. That guy has gained about fifteen hundred followers since Sunday. I know because and it's it's absurd. Not, well, actually, Monday. I didn't even know about the guy until Monday. I don't think. Yesterday, it was he was saying, "Oh, well, you know, Kawhi, or he might not wait for Kawhi to make a decision. The offer from Dallas is so good, or whatever that you know he may just decide right, to do something right." On his own. And then he completely flipped it. And then and then today, it's oh well, he's definitely waiting for Kawhi now, and it's just like <laughs> it's like, dude, why hasn't Danny why on. hasn't Danny Green just said just said Harrison? None of what you're saying is true, and I get what you're doing, but shut up. You're making me look like a drama queen and like just shut up. Well, it's that's Danny it's done. Danny Green's podcast too, man. I mean, he he's, I know. That's he's why I'm part so of it. <laughs> he's part of it, so he's perfectly fine with all of this too. And we've talked about this through text and on Twitter and everything, but it's actually a really good business strategy. It sucks that the Mavs are are being used as leverage <laughs> as a part of it, but Oh, from a marketing Matt, standpoint, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're getting tons of listens and followers and everything, and everybody's plugged into what the Green Line is saying. So, uh, kudos to them for doing it. It just it sucks to be on the wrong end of that. And I'm I'm gonna say this, and then I I'll, I'll let you finish out on this topic. But uh, on that podcast today, he also said Danny Green. That is, he said. Uh, 
you know, Mark Cuban's a strong bidder. He's putting the pressure on me to make a decision soon. So, that was the first we had heard, and that that's another reason why I was wondering if maybe reports of the Mavs starting to make offers to other players like DeLon Wright, maybe that's a way, you know, that Cuban is trying to nudge him a little bit because he mentioned it that Cuban's pressuring him to make a decision soon. So, obviously, the Mavs are are tired of waiting. They've been really, really patient with the guy. Again, this is day five of free agency. So, they've let all these other players pass them by. Uh, they've thrown themselves at Danny Green, and it's still doing nothing. So, I can imagine there's some frustration on their end, too. And they're probably getting to the point where it's like, okay, Danny... You need to either take this offer or you need to not take the offer, but it, we need to know something now. So uh, I think we're very, very quickly approaching that point, whether Kawhi decides anytime soon or not. Oh, yeah. And he'll make his decision one way or the other. And it's just going to be, it's going to be really embarrassing and really frustrating when all of these people, and you know, and, and I was skeptical of, of not necessarily of, of Danny's interest in the Mavericks, but I, I was skeptical of this Harrison, what is it, Harrison Sanford, whatever his name is. I was skeptical of him and what he was doing the entire time. And I told you and Fish that. Like, why? I, 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 I texted you all that in a group chat, like, from the very beginning. Why is this guy out here spilling all of Danny's business? I'm gonna get but, you a trophy for that one day. By the way, well, I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> building myself up because of I'm that. Just, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just playing with. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's it's gonna be super frustrating and super embarrassing for everybody who got invested in that, and especially for the Mavericks when they find out all of this was for leverage and that they got left at the altar again. Except this time, it's not going to be a DeAndre Jordan in his prime, or Dwight Howard, or Darren Williams, or right. Any of it's, those, it's for thirty-two. It's for thirty-two-year-old Danny Green. That's it's for what, a thirty-two-year-old rotational role player. Yeah, that that's what to me. That's what I think is probably getting on the Mavs' nerves right now. As patient as they've been, as long as they've waited. Uh, the offer they've put forward and they've prioritized this guy that you know is at best a third a third man and he's getting to the point where he's probably like your fourth or fifth he should be your fourth or fifth best starter but uh you know there it's getting to the point now where it's like man i mean we're we're not waiting five days for Kawhi leonard or kevin durant we're <laughs> we're waiting five days for danny green so yeah so, I mean, it's, it's really frustrating. Uh, it definitely feels like the Mavs have been being used uh, for leverage right now. But it's not over yet. We don't know. You know, we might be coming on here in the next 24 to 48 hours doing an emergency pod because, you know, they got Danny Green and they, uh, they did a trade to help Toronto unload Serge Ibaka or something like that, like we've talked about on Twitter. One so. of my favorite trade ideas, by the way. Absolutely. That's one of the best ones I've I've seen so far. Love that. But 
Uh, we'll find out more in the in the coming hours. Uh, there was a report from Chris Carter who, who uh, when he played football, he had the same agent as Kawhi Leonard. Uh, so he he let me see what he reported. Oh yeah, he reported that there wasn't going to be a decision today. He was probably going to come tomorrow. So we will Chris see. Carter. Huh? Chris Carter. Yeah, Chris Carter. Okay, can we stop relying on Chris Carter for Kawhi Leonard news? I don't care if he's been, the same agent. Well, he's been right so far. I mean... <laughs> I would have been right if I said sources close to the situation said nothing's <laughs> happening today because Kawhi probably doesn't even realize free agency started. Well, I made my prediction in, that... He's probably just sitting in his basement playing dominoes or fucking <laughs> Halo on TV or something. Well, I mean, look. I just hope it. Ha- I really, I really do think we're gonna finally reach the end of this wait tomorrow. I, I think you told me that yesterday. I, I, I didn't say it like this though, Matt. I really do think, <laughs> I really do think it's gonna come to an end because deals are gonna start being finalized on. Let's see, tomorrow's Friday, so deals will start being officially official on Saturday. And then that's when restricted free agency will get going too. So I definitely think it's going to happen tomorrow. It might happen in the you know next couple hours tonight. For all we know, you never know with Woj. He might be, you know, loading the clip right now. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how it goes. It's been bad so far. We've aired out our frustrations and tried to tried to come up with you know theories of how we got here, but. It's not completely lost yet. There are ways the Mavs can come out of this uh, feeling good about their summer. We just have to wait and see what happens with Kawhi Leonard and then Danny Green, and then we can go from there and see if they try to do anything with with trades. So, uh, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of The Step Back. We appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us every week. Uh, I'm going to let Matt say a few closing things here in a second, but... I wanted to let you guys know that we're going to start selling some t-shirts for the pod. And I'm going to post an updated pic uh, of our t-shirt because as our our guy Tyler Adams (laughs) pointed out to us the other day when we... Uh, posted a t-shirt concept he he said i can't wait to wear you got uh, y'all's heads on my nipples (laughs) so we we got the we got that fixed we raised the logo up uh, a couple of inches it looks it looks really good uh we'll post that send us a dm on twitter um with your with with your size if you're interested in pre-ordering we haven't determined prices yet i'm still talking with my guy to see how much it's going to cost us but uh if you'll tell me you're interested send me uh, what size shirt you want as soon as i find out all that info i'll let you know and we'll get you guys uh some step back uh t-shirts pre-ordered so keep that in mind going forward send those uh dms to at step back mavs Yes, yes, at Step Back Mavs. If you send a DM to Matt, he's probably going to tell you to go to hell. So, <laughs> I, I'm not in the mood this week, guys. I'm sorry. It's it's nothing personal. Yeah, yeah. So don't 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 do that to Matt. Send it to at Step Back Mavs. Let us know if you want a T-shirt. Give us your size, and we'll as soon as I get the the price info and all that, I'll let you know, and we'll go from there. So, Matt, anything else? Checks phone and sees 10 DMs already. Um, 
No, uh, I, you know, if you, if you guys want to go check out our Patreon account as well, um, it's patreon.com slash stepbackmavs. Um, you know, we appreciate any, any sort of uh, contribution you guys want to make there. Um, we're also working on some, um, some benefits for y'all for, for that. Some, and some, the T uh, and the t-shirts will be part of that too. So if, if, if any, yeah. even if you wanted to sign up for like, what is it, Matt? Like $1 a month. Yeah, there. You, you know, it starts at a dollar a month, and you can you can really contribute as much as you want, but it okay. starts at a dollar a month. Yeah. So even even if you do that, we're gonna start uh, uh, at least to like the first ten people that sign up for that. We're gonna we're gonna give them a couple of t-shirts. So uh, that's that's one incentive. So uh, that's that's what I've been thinking about here for a while. The first ten people to sign up for that, we'll give y'all a, a t-shirt. Just let us know your size. Yes. That would be good, and um, also, um, we are working very hard over at DallasBasketball dot com to bring you all the latest news for um, all the Mavs signings and re-signings, and you know, scoops and, and rumors that we hear. So, um, if you guys, you know, make sure and you know, check us out over there as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, and. Uh, for DallasBasketball.com, I've got a I've got a piece that I'm writing to. Uh, I don't want to say rationalize because it it makes I don't want people to think that I'm trying to say that the Mavs did a good job uh, with this off season so far as far as you know chasing other free agents. But I am going to write a piece that's just kind of like the sky isn't completely falling, and uh, I'm going to go over how uh, Seth Curry. Uh, fits into the equation with Luca and and Porzingis and uh, we're going to go from there and uh, continue to bring you the best content we know how both on the pod and at DallasBasketball.com and you definitely want to tune in next week too because we have a very very big guest coming on it's going to be great I'm not going to reveal that right now but arguably our biggest guest Pro- probably our biggest guest to this point, yes. So I, I mean, I'm being I'm being facetious. It's like it's definitely our biggest guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's our biggest guest yet, and you guys are definitely gonna want to tune in for that. It's gonna be a ton of fun. So uh, again, guys, we appreciate it. Thank you for coming in every week and listening. We hope you have a great Fourth uh, of July weekend, and we'll see you next week, or we might even see you this weekend for an emergency pod. Depends on what the Mavs do. We'll see you guys later. Champ, even still coming with the calibers flow. The man's the best on the flow. I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the goat. This gang get cold. Yeah, you might need a coke. Your friends turn into your foe. But I'ma just roll. Gotta keep rolling your boat. Yeah, I swear I give them hope. I say I'm cleaner than the soap. This time of year proves who a really single float. For yeah, real. it's the Mavericks. All about action. Don't do no acting. No Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball. You know that it's magic. Post move deadly. Yeah, get tragic. Yeah, it's the Mavericks. All about action. Don't do no acting. No Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball. You know that it's magic. Post move deadly. Yeah, get tragic. You know, in this game, it's a lot of grit, you know what I'm saying? Proves who has integrity. Late nights, early mornings, but we all want the trophy at the end of the day. And that's the beauty of this game, because at the end of the day, only the real gonna float, man, for real. You either sink or you float, only the real gonna float. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, 
only on Showtime.